Well, we're so glad that you're here with us in week three of our series, Game Changers. And some of you just saw an opener with all sorts of Georgia Southern football stuff on it. And what we're doing is we're looking at faith through the lens of football um, and the book of Genesis. Uh, So we're kind of doing three things at once this morning. And uh, today we're going to be continuing a story that, that you began to hear last week with the story of Abram and his life. Um, Now, if you know anything about Abram, Abram eventually becomes someone that we know as Abraham. God gives him a new name, Um, and he has all sorts of adventures and really misadventures as he lives into this calling to go to a place that God will show him. And and last week, um, you heard about his call and how God would show him the place that he would Go and what it turn, what you begin to see with Abram is that Abraham is just just like us. Abram, Abraham, he has some deep flaws um, in his personality. He has some deep flaws in his life, and over and over again, he sort of bumbles and stumbles his way toward faith in God. And so, what we're going to be reading from this morning is Genesis chapter twenty-five. We're moving from Abram or Abraham to Abraham's son Isaac. So remember, Isaac—he was the one that was bound and was going to be led up the mountain to be sacrificed, but he's brought back. God intervenes and brings him back with his father. Um, and so you get to Genesis twenty-five, and Abraham is dead. Okay, Abraham is dead, and Isaac is now the head of the family, and you get to Genesis 25, 19 to 34, and you get these verses. So if you have um, your smartphone with you or you have your notes there, go ahead and open up and take a look at these verses, because this is the beginning of the story of Jacob and Esau, Isaac's two children, Abram's or Abraham's grandchildren. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Paddan Aram, sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer. And his wife, Rebekah, conceived the children. They struggled together within her, and she said, if this is the way... If this is to be the way, why do I live? She was having complications with her pregnancy. So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out all red, and his body was hairy like a mantle, so they named him Esau. Now, there's a little joke there. Esau actually means hairy. So they named their hairy son Harry, okay? All right, so Esau is named Harry. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand gripping Harry Esau's heel, and so his parents named him Jacob. He was named Jacob which means the grabber. So you've got Harry and the grabber, Isaac's two sons. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. 
you begin to see some problems in this family? It's a great way to have a dysfunctional family. By the way, all of our families are dysfunctional on one level or another. But showing favoritism to one child over another is a great way to have a dysfunctional family. And that's what's happening here. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game. And Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore, he was called Edom. He gets a new name. Edom means red because he wants some of that red stuff. Everybody calls him Edom after that point because he wants the red stuff in the bowl. Jacob said, first, give me your birthright. Esau said, I'm about to die. Jacob, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first. Swear to me first. So Esau swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Let me, let me rephrase that last sentence for you. Thus Esau threw away his birthright. Thus Esau threw away his inheritance for a bowl of stew, better yet, a bowl of lentil soup. Is anybody a big fan of lentil soup? Not a whole lot going on with lentil soup. Tricked by his younger brother, Jacob, the grabber. Jacob, the grabber. Jacob, the trickster. Jacob, the liar. Jacob, the thief. Jacob, he has lots and lots of names. This is who Jacob is. We've been talking about football, and one of the uh, incredible things about football is that um, every football team um, has about three um, of these special plays inside of their playbooks. You know what they're called? They're called trick plays. You know about trick plays? There are three, usually three to four different trick plays in every football coach's playbook that he can call on whenever uh, he thinks he can make a big gain by taking a little bit of risk. A, A trick play Uh, is a gadget play or a gimmick play. It's a play in football that uses deception or unorthodox strategies to fool the opposing team. Trick plays, they're risky. They're absolutely risky. But they offer the potential for a huge payout, a touchdown or a big gain if they're successful, but with a significant chance of loss of yardage if they're unsuccessful. When it comes to football, trick plays are rarely used, not only, because, uh, not only because of their riskiness, but also so that you can maintain the element of surprise whenever you're going to run a trick play. Um, I want to show you a trick play, actually. This is one of my favorite trick plays um, because it involves some coaches that you all may know. Uh, this is a trick play from 2009. Take a look at this play. I'm one of these guys right now. I punt the ball and I make that freshman quarterback, Kyle Parker, wake up and do something. Field position. Push him back. Put pressure on him. Now we're going to set up to try one. Blair. He's going to throw it. They got a fake and they got Thomas wide open on the sidelines. No signal. Now touchdown.
confusion caught napping. The mass confusion occurred during the substitution. They didn't account for Thomas during all of the changing that was taking place. They never saw number eight staying on the field. During the offensive plays, they kept a very close eye on him. On the fake field goal, they forgot about number eight. So after throwing a touchdown pass, Blair boots it through. And the Yellow Jackets with execution and trickery all over Clemson. The special teams coordinator Jeff Monken sends on a late substitution. Clemson players, like you said, Greg, they just don't see Demarius Thomas lined up all the way outside. The ball gets directly snapped to the kicker, and I think everybody's thinking pooch punt, and all of a sudden there's Demarius Thomas all by himself down the sideline. Paul Johnson and his coaching staff are outstanding. They've been around, done it a long time, and that's excellent coaching during the week on many times. How many times did we hear a coach tell us? One of my favorite trick plays. Clemson never saw it coming. I wish Clemson had never, you know, I wish we'd had some of that last night in the Clemson game when Georgia was playing them. Uh, some of you can, can sympathize or commiserate uh, with a Georgia fan occasionally. Um, but trick plays, they have big potential, but lots of risk. Last night in the uh, second half of the football game, the Georgia Southern football game against Savannah State, uh, Georgia Southern ran a trick play. Uh, it was a punting situation. And instead of snapping the ball to the punter um, back behind the play, they snapped the ball to the up, up back uh, or the blocker for the punter, and he ran for like 20 or 25 yards. Incredible play. Everybody went nuts because everybody loves to see a trick play. Everybody loves to see it, but the truth is you can't make trick plays your bread and butter. The trick play can't be what you're going to base your whole game plan, your whole strategy off of. Your whole life can't be about the gimmick or the gadget or the hook or the next trick that's going to get you the big gain. It can't be always about deception or how you're going to get ahead. But Jacob, he never gets that message. Jacob lives his life, his whole life, or at least a good three quarters of it. He lives it out of the trick play playbook. And his brother Esau hated him for it. He tricked him out of his birthright, his inheritance. Jacob tricked Esau out of his birthright. Everything that he deserved to get from his father now went to Jacob because Jacob tricked Esau out of his birthright. And Esau hated him. You know, do you want to know what sin does? We talk about sin in relationship to God all the time and how sin breaks relationship with God. And that's absolutely true. Sin breaks our relationship with God. But sin also breaks our relationship with the people around us. It breaks relationship with our neighbor. It breaks relationship with the people that we may even be closest to. In this instance, Jacob's sin breaks relationship with his brother Esau. When Jacob takes his brother's birthright by taking advantage of him. He is sinning against Esau, and it destroys their relationship. If you fast forward a few years to Genesis 27, there's a whole nother story of how Jacob tricked Esau. This time, Isaac uh, is very old. He's on his deathbed, and he calls Esau in. He says, Esau, Esau, come here. What I want you to do is I want you to go and hunt some game and bring it back and prepare a meal for me so that I can bless you. So Esau, he runs out of the house, going to hunt game. Well, guess who's listening in on this whole conversation? Rebecca. And who does Rebecca love? Jacob. She says, Jacob. 
Jacob, come here. Dress yourself up like Esau. And Jacob's kind of like, what? I, I, I kind of don't understand what you mean. She's like, put, put skin on your arms. Put animal skin on your arms so you're hairy and so you smell like Esau. And then go in with a freshly prepared meal. And watch what Isaac does. And Isaac gives Jacob, the grabber, the trickster, the thief, the deceiver. He gives Jacob the blessing. Now this just, this absolutely crushes Esau. In fact, in the, in the verses following that situation, um, Esau says, Father, don't you have another blessing for me? Don't you have another blessing for me? And then this is what happens. Esau hated Jacob. Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. My dad's about to die. And then, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Jacob ends up getting everything from his brother. He gets all of his brother's inheritance. He gets all of his brother's blessing. He gets it all, but he gets it all at a tremendous price. He ruins his relationship with his family. He lies to his father, and he has to live in fear of Esau for years and years and years. His ambition, this this character flaw, this grabber mentality that he has, this ambition, this trickster, this deception that he lives with all the time destroys him, and it destroys his family. There's something that you need to know about trickery, whether it's about for football or for life. If you're relying on on trickeration, as my high school football coach would say, if you're relying on trickeration, to get by in life, if you're just stepping on one person to get to the next person to step on, if you're breaking relationship after relationship, if you're sinning against person and against God over and over and over again, eventually all of that is going to catch up to you. Eventually you'll find yourself like Jacob. You're going to get caught. You're going to get outed. You're going, you're going to be found out. If you choose to live by the trick play in life, you will find yourself with more enemies than friends. You'll find yourself at odds not only with those around you, but just like Jacob, at odds with himself. He has everything. But the truth is that he actually has nothing. Because rather than build relationships, he destroys them. And he ultimately finds himself wandering in the desert in fear of his brother who's out to kill him. Now that could be the end of the story and we could watch Jacob go off into the sunset as a scoundrel. But the incredible thing about God is that God never leaves us Alone, God is always working to bring us back into a relationship with him. And so God begins working on Jacob and working on Jacob's heart. And Jacob begins to have visions of God and God's presence in this world. And eventually he finds out that he's going to have to meet Esau. And Jacob is afraid for his life. But it turns out that God has been working on Esau's heart at the same time that he's been working on Jacob's heart. And whenever the two meet, instead of a war... 
where Jacob is completely destroyed by his brother Esau, who has 400 men with him. Instead, Esau meets his brother and wraps him up in a hug and forgives him. You see, the incredible thing about God and about God's love, and we call that grace, is that it never leaves us alone. At one minute, you can be the scoundrel, and you can be the thief, and you can be the trickster, and you can be the liar, and in the next moment, God can redeem you and restore you and bring you back to life. Yes, there's going to be pain involved with it. If you read Jacob's stories, you know that he ends up wearing the scars of this long road toward redemption. There's going to be pain. There's going to be heartache. There's also the possibility that if you and I will just give ourselves completely to God, if we'll accept his invitation into our hearts and into our life, there is the possibility, the chance for us, for you and I to live into the God-given potential, the God-given vision that he has for our life. We have the potential to make it a mark, not only in this moment or in this world, but on all of eternity. If we'll just give ourselves over to God, and that's ultimately what Jacob does. And Jacob, do you know what Jacob's name becomes? Jacob becomes Israel. Israel, the father of a great nation. The 12 tribes of Israel are named after his children. Because eventually... He accepted God's offer of love and grace and began to follow after him. Timidly, like his father, stumbling at times, like his father. But nonetheless, he lived into the vision that God had for his life. I don't know, maybe you today feel like, feel like a scoundrel. Maybe you feel like you've been in relationship after relationship where you've been hurt and you've been wounded by someone else who had all the power and you had none of it. Maybe you feel like you're living with the weight of all the lies that you've ever told or all the relationships that you've ever broken. Maybe it was with your mother or your father or your, your brother or your sister or your cousin or your best friend. Maybe you're living under the weight, the crushing weight of life. The good news is that God is not going to leave you alone, that God is going to continue to offer his grace and his love and his hope and his future to you. And all you and I have to do is say yes and begin following after him. And so today, as we come to this table to receive Holy Communion, I want you to hear an invitation to this table. As always, this is a table that's open to everyone. You don't have to be a member of this church. All are welcome at this table because this is a table of God's grace and a table of God's love, and a table of God's hope, and a table of God's redemption. So would you hear this invitation this morning? Christ our Lord invites to his table all those who have hurt others, all of those who've cheated, all of those who have lied, all of those who would call themselves scoundrels, all of those who walk in fear of what today or tomorrow might bring. He invites all who love him 
who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, as God's people, let us confess our sin, our brokenness, our deep-seated flaws to one another. Would you pray with me? Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. This proves God's love toward us, his unconditional, unfailing love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim together the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Make us one with each other, one in ministry to all the world and until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in your holy church all honor and glory is yours almighty Father now and forever. Amen. I want to ask you this morning to do one more thing. Because we are all sinners gathered around this table of grace. Would you reach out to the person beside you 
and just take hold of their hand as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Would you do that this morning? Because we don't need to break relationships. We need to build relationships. And this prayer is the prayer of the community. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, I want to invite our communion stewards forward to receive communion. This morning we have gluten-free elements. Um, if anyone has a gluten intolerance, um, we want to make sure that you're able to receive communion as well. If you will, come to the left-hand station. Christ invites you to this table of grace. Would you come as you are led?